thank you for my sister Pam. I thank you, God, for your mighty love. I, I don't know what's going on on the inside, Lord, but you know what. Seeing two go back to Castle today. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I told you there was going to be a breakout today. Amen. God is so good to us. Amen. Amen. We had a wonderful testimony from Brother Clay this morning. That, that, that man has many mighty testimonies. Get to know that brother. God's going to do something with him. We had the, just now just seeing, seeing my sister praise God, I, I give God the glory for that. Give God Amen. the praise for that. Amen. That's not from songs. That's, that's not from, from words penned by men, but that is from God. As we look tonight, I want us to think about uh, who, who here remembers when they were baptized? They're all Baptists, so you should remember that. It didn't happen when you were an infant. Who here remembers when they first got down on that knee and gave their life to Christ? Amen. Amen? Amen. Who remembers the very first sermon they've ever heard? Uh, no, we, most of us don't remember that sermon. I, I remember... I remember it because I was quite taken aback, and this is actually the sermon that I'll be pre preaching the text from, is uh, the sacrifice of Isaac. I remember uh, God had smacked me upside the head. I won't go into exactly that because I'll have to share that during, our, uh, during the ordination service. But I remember I, I knew I needed to get into a church, and so the first church I go to was a uh, Lutheran church on, uh, in North Aurora at the time. And I go in, and, and the... The, the, there was they had a lady preacher there who, who preached the sermon, and it was the sermon about Abraham being willing to sacrifice Isaac. And they saw I was new, so they invited me to a little get together after church where they, you know, some of the deacons and elders discussed the uh, the sermon that was done. And and one of the uh, the lead deacon there told me that he just cannot believe that Abraham would sacrifice his son. He doesn't believe it. He thinks that it's a, a fictional story. And I didn't know much at the time, but I knew if, it, if what you're preaching out of was fictional, then you know, I just, I said, well, I, I've heard stories. I'm like, well, if Abraham wasn't willing to sacrifice his son, is God willing to sacrifice his? Is that made up too? You know, we need to be careful on what, what, what we cast doubts on, because it affects the faith of others. Amen. The record is the last time I've ever been in a Lutheran church, so. I'm sure they're not all bad, but that one was uh, off that day. But so we're going to open up our Bibles just a moment to Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to go ahead and open up us up in prayer. But I want us to, to be thinking about the heaviness of this chapter. This is uh, obviously has great parallels to the, the sacrifice of Christ. So again, it's chapter 22. Um, we'll start in verse 1, but I'll open us up in prayer. Abba, Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your holy word we get to open once again this evening, Lord. I, I thank you for the mighty testimony and praise we've, we've heard and seen tonight, Lord God. I, I pray your spirit continue to move amongst us, Lord. Open that door that no man can shut. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, uh, Genesis chapter 22. I'll be reading verses 1 through 19. Um, it's on page 16 in your pew Bibles. It'll also be on the screen um, for those of you that don't have your Bibles with you. I love you guys. I don't even got to tell you anymore. 
After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the, <coughs> and he had cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they took in his hand, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Say, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for him the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went out and took the ram and offered up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord that shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. So reading the word, you may be seated. So a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah. What word stood out to you from that reading? Obedience. Obedience? Faith. Faith. You know what stood out to me? Your son, your only son. Over and over again. We have this play between, between God and Abraham. God reminding him that Isaac is his only son. Now, what does he mean by that? Obviously, there's this, this boy running around named Ishmael. That is a descendant of Abraham. I want you to understand clearly that God is talking about the promised son, that he only has one promised son, that Ishmael cannot be Isaac. The father has only one promised son to us. It's Jesus. Muhammad cannot be Jesus. No one else can be Jesus. I can't be Jesus. I can't die for your sins. I can tell you about Jesus. You can tell others about Jesus. But there is only one Jesus. Amen. And for Abraham, there was only one Isaac, only one promised child. Oftentimes, we'll, we'll, we'll go through things in our life, and I know many of us have gone through things recently that are very difficult, very hard. We talk about being tempted. And then the word, word of God says that God tempts no man. Amen? But Satan sure does, doesn't he? Amen. He seems to test every man, or tempt every man. But what it does say, and what we have here, is that God tests. 
God is testing Abraham. Honestly, what, what does God want from this? Why does God do this to Abraham? If we are honest, this is a most difficult test. One that I'm glad I, I do not have to bear. Those of you with children, would you be able to pass this test? Understand, Abraham, he went all the way to the very last second. He just didn't ponder it in his mind. said, yeah, I'll, I would do it for you, God. No, it was something much much more than that. He he sets out. He gets the firewood. He brings the knife. He brings his servants. He goes up on Mount Moriah, lays out the wood. He has the fire ready, sets his son down on it, and raises the knife up, ready to pierce through his chest to sacrifice his promised son to God. That is the faith of Abraham. So I want you to understand that that Abraham is considered righteous, not because he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, but this was a, a sign of obedience to his faith that was established long ago, when he was first call, called out of his home country, Canaan. That, that is when we see the faith of Abraham established. And I, I know many of us, when we look back, that's why I had to kind of ponder back on, on your faith walk, or where you've been. Many of us have been in our walk a really long time, and some of us just, you know, a few short steps. But we should be able to look back and remember remember that day when we first got down on bended knee and, and cried out to the Lord. We should remember those times like baptism when we we did that first act of obedience to, to our faith. You know, God God does these testings, but I, I want us to, to realize that that these these testings are not, not trials, not hard times that God's throwing your, your way because he, he likes to play games or likes to trip you up. He's got blessings in store for you. He had Great blessings in store for Abraham, and he needed to test Abraham's obedience. And this was the test of all tests. Let's be honest. If, if this test was before you, would you sacrifice your child? I know many of us have more, more than a child. I have a child. Yeah, I must, I must admit, I would find this test very difficult. I, I thank God that he asked Abraham and not Dylan. And there's... There's so much beauty going on here. And as we walk with, walk with God, we are going to, to be tempted by Satan. We need to flee from that. What I want us to, to realize is, I want you to think about your life right now. Do you see yourself being tempted by Satan or tested by God? You'll rarely see those things hand in hand. Why is that? Because people that are walking close to God are tested by God. People that are walking in the world are tempted by Satan. Let's be honest. Abraham, the man of God that tried very hard to, to walk rightly before God, is tested by God. He had a nephew, didn't he, named Lot, that was with him a large part of the time, saw all the blessings that he did, but he went off to the side. He went down to Saddam and Gomorrah. Did God test Lot? No, God doesn't test Lot. Satan tempts Lot. When, when you go the way of the world, you're leading yourself into temptation. There is no blessing that comes from temptation. You, you give in to temptation, death awaits. Sin is there. The wrath of God will fall upon you. There's no way around that. That is the word of God. But over here we have Abraham. We see from others in their life, when they would walk close with God, God would test their faith to see how genuine it was. And when it was proved genuine by that testing, God would bless them. God blesses Abraham. What is the promise to him? 
that all nations will call him blessed, that he will have so many sons, it'll be like the, the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. Anybody ever been to a beach? We love, we love the beach, we love the ocean. How, how many pieces of sand are, are on the beach? Can you even try to ponder, is it trillions? Is it some number I can't even think of because it's so large? That are the descendants of Abraham. And later in the New Testament, we see Jesus very clearly saying, you know, God can make descendants of Abraham because he's not talking about physical descendants. He's talking about spiritual descendants in the faith. That, that is the great blessing of Abraham, that all nations will call him blessed. Why? Because one of his descendants will be the only son of God. God was not just testing Abraham. God is showing Abraham what he would do. Let, let us look and compare the two sons, Isaac and Jesus Christ. Both are promised. Both are born miraculously. Both brought joy to their father. We, we all know the baptism scene of Jesus with John the Baptist and the dove, the dove like a spirit descends upon him and says, Behold, my son. I am well pleased. And we have Isaac, who is the one that brings Abraham great joy. The, the, these, these two are interconnected. Both were born at an appointed time. Both were persecuted by their brethren. Both were obedient to death. Understand this. We, we see Abraham is obedient in sacrificing his son. Isaac asks his father, where's the sacrifice? Isaac sees his father raising down. He is tied down onto that wood. Isaac understands what's going on here. He's, he's not an ignorant boy. He's not two years old at this time. Yeah, he's a young teenager. He knows exactly what's going on here. And he was obedient. We read nothing about Isaac fighting back. It's wonderful to think about. Now when I think about it, I think it's a lot easier to think about ourselves and laying down our life for someone. It's not so easy to put ourselves in Abraham's mind and taking a life, especially when you care so deeply about with your child. I want you to see that Abraham, when, when he comes down the mountain, if you read the word carefully, it says, Abraham returns to his servants. Where's Isaac? Abraham doesn't return here with Isaac. The next time we read about Isaac, the father is sending for him a bride from a land far away from his father's house. Does that sound like anybody you know? Where's Jesus right now? He's not here, here standing physically among us. He's here in spirit. Where is Jesus? He's back with his father's house until his father sends for his bride. Understand that that God is showing you what he is going to do with his son here. It is beautiful to see. It's beautiful to take in. We, we read about that, that, that uh, Jesus in the New Testament said when he was debating and arguing with the Jews, he said, before Abraham, I am. This, of course, greatly ups, upset them. He, they said, you claim to know Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. And he says, Abraham saw the day 
and was glad. When did Abraham see the day of Christ? Up on the mountain of Moriah. You know what the Mount of Moriah we call today? Jerusalem. It's that same mountain they built the temple on. It's the same mountain where God would present his lamb, his only son, in the temple. This is not just figurative language that they're talking about a ram in the thicket. They're talking about the coming of the Messiah would be the very lamb of God. God would provide the sacrifice, and that's what God would do. Understand there's a great parallel between Isaac and Christ. As I said earlier, God didn't really want the life of Isaac. He did, he did not need Abraham to sacrifice his son. He did not need to take that joy from Abraham in that test. What he wanted is Abraham's heart. When you go through a test, God, God is trying to see where your heart is. It's your heart that he wants. It's your love that he wants for you. He wants to see that you return that love to him. He loves you so deeply and immensely, I do not have the words to describe it. Think about this, that he sent his son. As Abraham walked up that mountain to Jerusalem, he literally would have been, the mountain right next to Moriah is the mountain called Golgotha. The place where the cross is. Christ came to die for us because the Father loves us that much. So when you go through these tests in your life, understand God is seeing where your heart is. Seeing if you are returning that love. Now, I, I want us to look at and try to understand our minds, why would Abraham go through with this? We could talk about his faith, and that is right and true, but I, I want you to show you it's even more than that. Because Abraham believes the word of God. We talked about that a lot this morning. What is the word of God told Abraham? You will be a father of nations. I am your God. I cannot lie. So what is happening here? So Abraham knows what God has promised. He knows that God has promised to, to make him a father of nations. That all nations through him will call him blessed because of his descendants. So Abraham is here. He's going up the mountain. He's getting ready to sacrifice his son. And these words are in his mind. You will be a father of nations. These are the promises given to Abraham in this test. So there's two logical reasons we could point that Abraham is believing right now. Either A, Abraham believes that, that he's going to go up on the mountain and that God will provide a different sacrifice. Or B, and I think the much more logical one in Abraham's mind is, he believes he's going to sacrifice his own son and he believes God will raise him from the dead. Because he believes the very words of God. He does not doubt them. It is an amazing thing to think about. Do we have that level of faith? We should. We have the same words. We, we even have more than Abraham had. We have the same words that have been given to us by God. Is Abraham mightier than us? Does he have some... Something inside of him that makes him more capable of stronger faith? No. He just would not compromise. He would not give in. He knew what God had promised him. And there may be things in your life that God has promised you. But you've got to go through that time of testing first. When we go through that time of testing, we could come out on the other side knowing that God will bless us. God will keep his word. 
Never doubt in the dark what God has promised in the light. That would have been a very scary time for Abraham. But he knew who his God was. Saints, we're going to go through some very scary times in this world. But Christ is coming. It's not a faint hope we have. It's not a wishful thinking we have. But it is a very real and authentic promise. It is as good as done as Christ dying on the cross. If you believe Christ died on the cross, you need to believe Christ is coming again. Amen. And if Christ is coming again, he is coming to establish himself as the king over the entire world. And that he will usher in peace. He will bring about the new heaven and the new earth. Where we get to be in glory with our loved ones that have gone on. We get to be in glory with, with each other. We, we need to realize the joy and the hope that we have. We need not to be worried and bogged down when things don't go well. You know, I'll admit I had a really rough work, uh, work week this week. But you know what, at the end of the day, that ain't going to matter. Because I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord. And I'm going to spend it with my wife and my daughter and all of you. And all the brothers and sisters that got before us. I'm finally going to be able to hear with my own ears what Charles Spurgeon sounds like. You know, I, one thing I really hope for in heaven is I hope Jesus still gives sermons. I want to hear that. Hear what the Master has to say. Now I want you to understand that, that God will, when we are obedient to His Word, He will reveal the next step in His timing. In His timing. You know, if you're like me, you feel a little bit like Abraham. God said, go here, and you're going, and you're like, okay, God, I'm about to fall off the stage here. What's next? And it's not till you're like literally like this that, that God tells you the next step. And with Abraham, that's what he does. He doesn't tell Abraham, when you go up that mountain, there's going to be a ram stuck in the thicket. So you don't have to worry, Abraham. No, Abraham has to go there and he has to go through it. And the angel has to stop him from killing his son. And then his eyes are open to the fact that God has provided the ram for him to sacrifice. He will supply it right on time, not a moment too soon, never late. God didn't say, Abraham, what did you do? You sacrificed your son. I had this ram that you didn't see over here. No, he did it right on time. God is always on time. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, want to think, I want you to think about the prophecy here a little bit. Now, Mount Moriah, the place where the very temple of God is built is where Abraham was sent to, to sacrifice. God is preparing, preparing Abraham in, in the future generations for this place he's going to call holy. Isaac rightly asked, where is the lamb? But God supplied a ram. I want us to realize that when the scripture here is talking about that God will supply a lamb, the ram is not a lamb. It's talking about a future lamb. It is talking about the very lamb of God that we sang about. It is talking about Jesus Christ coming to sacrifice himself, to take upon the wrath of God, to be that sacrifice that, that Abraham was willing to make. That should always bring us to our knees. It should make us tremble that we have a God who is willing to die for us willing to sacrifice his own son. Most of us want to sacrifice a stranger. 
That is how deep God's love is for us. Never forget it. When you're going through those hard times and the tears won't stop coming and, and you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow, understand that God is for you. God loves you. God knows exactly what you need. need. You know, it's not a coincidence that ram got stuck up there. God provided that thicket to grow long before that ram ever wandered up on that mountain. God knows what you need when you need it. There's a great doctrinal lesson we can learn, and it comes from James 2. Discusses the relationship between faith and works. And James does this to illustrate the point that true faith is always proved by obedience. There's many of us who will come and they'll tell us we are, they are Christians, and I will tell you I am a Christian. You're going to get the fun task of being grilled in a few weeks. You guys will enjoy that. But the, the reality is, is that faith will be tested by obedience. Many will claim to have faith. And James, James reminds us that, I, I will, you know, what, what is faith without works? What is he saying here? What is faith without obedience? It's dead. As dead as that ram is now. The reality is, if we're going to claim that we have faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to have to stand upon this holy word and believe the promises that he has given us. He has told us not to fear death. You are not to fear when you see the scary news on TV. You're not to fear driving to the south side of Chicago. You're not to fear going overseas because of what the people may do to you. We're not to fear that. That, that is something of the enemy. What we are to do is to trust in God and trust in what he has said he's going to do. He's going to give this church an open door. We have to believe that. If you don't believe he's given us an open door, you won't ever walk through that door. You won't ever be obedient in the things that God has given you to do. In James it says, Was not, our, was not Abraham our father justified by works in that he offered his son upon the altar? Abraham was not saved when he offered Isaac, where he had been saved years before. You and I, we stand here, we've been saved for years. Some of us, it may go back decades. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 15 years. I give God glory and praise for that. But if for those 15 years, if I would have just sat in a pew and just heard a sermon on Sunday morning, not actually been active and obedient in my faith, can we call that faith genuine? Christ is watching. He's looking to see what his church is doing. He challenges Abraham to go sacrifice his son. What is he going to ask of you? What has he promised you? Understand that if he's promised you something and the testing goes against that promise, understand you're going to go get through that test as Abraham did. Do not fear. Do not fear losing your job. Do not fear unemployment. Do not fear what others may think of you. Believe it or not, you're not here for popularity contests. You're here to be obedient worshipers of the one true God. You're here to give testimony. You know, we saw Sister Pam giving God praise. That is why we are paraded, is to praise and worship God. Saw Brother Clay this morning give testimony of what God's done in his life. We should all be willing to stand up each and every day and give testimony. Amen. So next week I want to see somebody up here Sunday morning giving testimony without me tapping them on the shoulder. 
We should be willing to give that testament. We should be willing to give God praise. When we come on Sunday Sundays to worship God, and we, we should be ready to burst. I saw Brother Dave this morning as we were singing the altar call song, I'll fly away. I thought that man was going to burst. I thought he was going to raise right through that roof. He was on fire in that moment. We should be like that every day, all day long, because there's nothing that has changed. Just because the music stops doesn't mean God's not on his throne anymore. It doesn't mean we, we get to stop praising him. It doesn't mean he's, he's stopped being for us. You know, James, James talks about, you know, what good is it if we have faith but do not have works? You know, faith alone saves. Absolutely. We are saved by faith alone. I absolutely affirm that. As Martin Luther said, a, a faith that saves is never alone. It will, it will drive you. You will have a desire in your heart to go out and do the things that God has given you to do. Now, God has given me different things to do than he's given you. I can't do the things God has given for you to do. As we have teachers downstairs teaching the kids right now, I can't do that. That is not my calling, and I'm rather bad with the kids. I am not a kid's teacher. Don't have the patience for it. I give, I give God credit that he's raised up others for that. I'm called to preach and pastor. That's what I will do. What have you been called to do? Do it. Do it with obedience. Don't be like Jonah. Don't run away. You don't, you don't, want, you don't want to be swallowed by that giant fish. But if we, we look at the life of Abraham, you know, we're going to see two, two more events really soon in Abraham's life. He sends for his son to have a bride, a marriage. That, that is a great moment in any family. You know, I, I look forward to the day when, when my daughter will be walking down that aisle, and I'll get the honor of doing, doing that. No, you don't. <laughs> Brother, repent now. <laughs> I do look forward to that day. I do not look forward to her growing up like completely admit to that. But we all have those moments in life that we look forward to. But in the next few chapters, we're going to read about the, the marriage of Isaac. And then we're going to read about the death of Sarah. It comes quickly a harsh reality that we have been given a short time to do what God's given us to do. God fulfilled his promise in Sarah. He told Sarah she would bear Abraham a son. And she does. And then the next time we read about her, Abraham's burying her. Let's not forget, she was 90 years old. She, she lived a good, long life. She messed up. She sinned, as, as we all have. But she was obedient. Let us be obedient. And let's, let us remember that while these you know, trials, while this testing is going on in our lives, that God has a purpose in it. That God will bring blood... blood uh, blessing to us after this is all said and done and let us remember that we are here just a short while think of it what god compares our lives to is like the grass of the field here one day gone tomorrow tomorrow will come for some of us very soon will we will we be able to approach the king in glory and, and show him our obedience that that we had to him Show them that we passed through these tests. We showed the world that our, our faith was genuine and proclaimed him to the very ends of this earth. But we say we were men and women like Abraham that were willing to do whatever God told us and we believed God. I think that is the, the hard problem. You know, we will stand up and we'll, we'll say we believe the word of God. We'll read the word of God. 
But when it comes down, you know, push versus shove, and we're at that, that moment where we have to go one way or the other, go the way of the world or go the way of God, many of us choose us the way of the world because it's not as scary. Because we don't, we can still trust in ourselves. The way of God feels scary to us. Because we can't, we can't do it on our own. We have to be relying on faith in God to provide. Isaac's life, if God does not provide, would have been extinguished. And then they give that great man Jacob and all his sons we wouldn't be reading about. But God is faithful. God kept his word. And he's kept his word to this very day. There's nothing that God has said in his word that has, has not come to be or, or will one day will come, come to be. You must realize God is faithful in everything. Let us return that act and let us be obedient in our faith. Please pray. Now, Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings you give us, Lord God. I thank you for the testimony of Abraham and Isaac, Lord. Thank you that Abraham was willing to be obedient to, to your command to sacrifice his son. And I thank you that Isaac was willing to, to be obedient and to be willing to be sacrificed. But as we know, Lord, as your word declares that Isaac was not sacrificed, you provided a ram. And you promised to provide that lamb, and that lamb was your son, Jesus. And it is in his holy name that I pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's come forward and close in our prayer.